Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Happy VD. Right. Valentine's Day. Oh, that thing. It has arrived. Uh, if you're still not sure what to do to celebrate Valentine's Day, Google just released a, a list of the uh, uniquely popular Valentine's Day activities. We seem to really love going to movies, so you don't have to speak to one another. We enjoy taking a pottery class together. Oh, we, ghost? Yeah, we, huh? Yes, yes, ghost. Uh, yes. <laughs> Recreating the movie ghost. Indoor mini golf or just a, a golf simulator. Okay. Uh, bowling, go-karts, an escape room, a cooking class, going to an aquarium. For the most part, fun stuff. Axe throwing. Oh. I think you're sending a message. <laughs> That's, that could be dangerous. Just going out for coffee, grabbing pizza, going to a spa. Just things we... Yeah, just something together. Right. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it seems... A lot of those seem like the lighter side activities. Like like, like fun laughing. Mm. You know, it, just apart from the, you know, dark candlelit room, pure romance. Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you have to include some fun in it. Like the whole just staring into each other's eyes. Right. How long can that truly last for? <laughs> I mean, let's have some fun. Let's go to the, you know, go going uh, into a simulator. Uh, if you both like golf, it's something. You, you know, the great thing about those places nowadays is you can take food and you can take booze into the uh, into the rooms. And they've got a couch, so who knows <laughs> what can happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just needing fun. Sip some wine or have a couple of beers and play some golf on right. the simulator. That's a nice little evening together. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing wrong with that. And they're, you know, they're a great, uh, a great deal. Like, I've got a couple of times with, uh, with friends and, uh, you know, between the four of you, it's like 18, 20 bucks an hour or something. It's yeah. not that big of a They're popping expense. up everywhere. They're getting very popular yeah. because they're, they're, they're unmanned, right? They yeah. just, they give you, you get a code to enter and, uh, and in you go. Yeah. And you can go to most of them are 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of clientele you're getting in there at two 30 in the morning on a Wednesday, <laughs> especially when you can bring in booze. I'm sure they've had to clean up some stuff. Right. I don't think they encouraged that part. No, yeah. no. But I, I've been on like their app and scheduling, and it's right there. You want to book a tea time at two a.m.? Yeah. You can. They'll send you the code, and and it's interesting too because although there's nobody there, um, if you've got an issue, like one time we went, and in the ladies' washroom there was uh, no toilet paper, so my buddy just sent a quick message on the, their app, and within like minutes, somebody was there stocking toilet paper. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine they have cameras all throughout that place sure. as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, beside that point, they, they have one person who's on call mm. all the time for these places and goes in and fixes up, cleans up when they need to. You know, as a family business, and as you said, they're popping up all over the place, so there's probably not really much point in getting in it. But certainly, uh, like if you were at retiree stage yeah, and you had kids and you'd all kind of agree, hey, let's, well, I'm going to open this thing. Let's all, you know, we'll pick some hours that we have to man it. Because, mm. again, you don't have to be in it. You don't have to be there. You're just at home. Right. Uh, you know, you maybe you would uh, want to hire a cleaning crew because you wouldn't want to have to deal with that yourself. But then that's an expense from the business. But, yeah, it seems like it's 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 a way to almost just print money. It's funny. There's, um, there's a property just east of the GTA uh, and east of Oshawa that you 
and I've passed quite a few times. And um and it's got a big house like way off the uh, the the road. Mm-hmm. But it says it's like the you when you get it it's got a few acres to to deal with with the property, but it's licensed as a driving range. And it's been for sale forever. For a very long time. Yeah. But it looks very nice. And it, <laughs> Christian yeah. every day he's like, "Oh, we should we should get that and have our own driving range. And the expense that goes along with that mm-hmm. and the time consumption to yeah. the grass and taking care of it and the balls, everything you gotta, you gotta deal with and, and man it constantly. You know, you think if you'd, you know, laid down all of that and started this up thinking, all right, I'm going to bring people to it. And now they get a virtual driving range on every other corner. Yeah. It's, it would be tough. Like, these uh these uh, driving ranges you see that are just individually owned, not a part of a golf course. Certainly, a lot of times I think this land's probably worth more than this makes. Right, like well, there's one very close to us. That property must be worth an absolute fortune. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just because it's it's like that one is particularly on a on a runway. So I don't know how much you can build right underneath right. it, if that's part of the issue or not. Or, you know what, listen, driving range Dave just likes to sit yeah. around in the summertime, and he's probably nowhere near us right now. No, and, <laughs> and if it's a family-owned plot of land that's, you know, been in his family for decades and decades, to go and purchase a piece of property now well, and turning it into a driving range? The yeah. issue, I, listen, I, I grew up at a driving range, which is no longer a driving range. It is, it's all houses. Mm-hmm. But that was, the, the guy who owned it, his name was Benny. Mm-hmm. And he was basically my babysitter between four and seven mm-hmm. all summer long. Uh, my dad would drop my buddy Brian off. We'd sit and we, we'd stay there for hours. And mm-hmm. he'd, and we'd go shag balls for him and do whatever. And we'd hit a few buckets here and there in between. And, and that was the, the arrangement. He was cool with that. And, uh, and he sat on that land for years, like mm-hmm. decades. Um, and, you know, he lived in a little room in the back, like basically a trailer mm-hmm. and, uh, and spent his winters in Florida. And then when he sold it, uh, it made millions, yep. right? Because yeah. you just wait for that land to once once the sprawl hit that area, which now you wouldn't even believe there was there was what driving was, ranges where was there. It? Uh, it was on Simcoe Street, just north of Taunton in oh, Oshawa. Okay. There were two driving ranges there at one point. Wow! Each across the road from each other, and now you couldn't even tell. You drive up Simcoe, even in the ten years that I've been here, it is unbelievable how yeah. how that has changed. Up there, because even when I got here, it was still Farmer's Field once you kind of got a little north. Right. I, well, and this was, yeah, not even near up where the new Costco and everything is. Yeah, and they the built expanded massive apartment condominium complexes. Mm-hmm. This, this is, you know, just by the college, basically. Right. Yeah, no, it, uh, it seems like a good idea. Uh, and, and certainly when you look at all these indoor simulators, uh, yeah, probably, Probably missed the mark on in getting into them, you know, yeah. because there are so many of them now. It's kind of like everybody that wanted to get into the ma- marijuana game. <laughs> once they, it's, once you've heard about it, it's it's too late. Have you ever? I know I have. I'm guilty. Have you ever uh, Googled health stuff? Have you ever gone to like WebMD or one of these places and punched in? We all do our own research now. Is yeah. That- like I, I, you know, I've looked up things, of course, and uh, and it always leads back to I got six months to live. You know, it's, <laughs> I have a, uh, my eyeball seems to flutter. What does that mean, WebMD? Well, you've got eyeball cancer, right? You know, anyhow, uh, 
it's got a name. So many of us do it, and and we're so many are obsessive about it that it, there's actually a name for it now. It's called cyberchondria. Oh, yeah. 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 And we're looking up a lot of things. We're looking up things like, how do you get monkey pox? <laughs> Why do I sweat in my sleep? What causes hemorrhoids? What are hemorrhoids? Right. They're swollen veins. Yes. Uh, well, I, I guess it's it's understandable. Should you trust or diagnose yourself completely? Probably not. No. Um, or stay away from the doctor because you think you know what the answer is. Should probably get the, the blood work done and the actual testing and make sure. But... I mean, if there's a rattle in your car, a lot of times you'll Google that to make sure it's something before you actually take it to the mechanic. If you're doing a renovation, you're going to watch HGTV or Google for for ideas and uh, hit Pinterest and stuff like that. So I guess we're always looking online mm-hmm. for solutions before we call in the experts. I always like to, and, and I, I've been guilty of this, I could have some sort of symptom. Uh, maybe it's a feeling like I'm coming down with a cold or the flu or something. And the minute I tell somebody that, if they say, oh, yeah, I, I feel the same way, immediately, like, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm okay. Right. This yeah. can't be that bad. What are the odds of us both having something that's life-threatening? <laughs> Uh, other Google searches, if you're a cyberchondria, uh, why do I keep yawning? Is it bad to sleep with your bra on? <laughs> why do I pee when I sneeze? Why do I pee when I cough? That's got to be tough. You pee every time you sneeze? Well, you yeah. got to sneeze in the bathroom only, or you got to run uh, to the bathroom after you sneeze? You get a little, I think you just get a little, a little, a little, a little dribble. Yeah. How long does pink eye last? What happens when you eat mold? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Can you live without a spleen? Right. Why am I always hungry? How to relieve gas pain? What does ringworm look like? Why does coffee make you poop? These people have to be interesting. Yeah. Can you live without a spine? Well, I have <laughs> my entire life. Well, since marriage. I've been spineless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the answer is no, you need a spine. But yes, I believe you can live without a spleen. Right. Yeah. Why are my eyes red? How long can you go without sleep? How long can you go without food? Why are my hands dry? <laughs> can you die from a broken heart? Oh, oh, on Valentine's. My, oh my goodness. Is rainwater safe to drink? Why does my stomach hurt? What side is your appendix on? Why do I sweat so much? Why is my eye twitching? We Google a lot about allergies and blood pressure and headaches and stomach aches and sleep apnea and ringing in your ears and sore throats and that lingering cough that won't go away. Right. All of this to prevent having to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, when I was a smoker, I remember, you know, I'd go to the doctor because I had a sore throat or whatever. And they would do whatever they would do. And then I would be fine. And I would be saying to myself on the way to the doctor's office, if I've got if I've got lung cancer... <laughs> Uh, uh, what a moron for smoking. And the second I left the doctor's office and everything was fine, I was right back on the darts. <laughs> Need a smoke. <laughs> so let me just get this straight. 
any way you want it, that's the way you need it. That, that's that's what we the takeaway from oh, that. They said it over and over again. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's the takeaway there. Uh, that's Journey, and we had Def Leppard before that. I will say uh, one thing about Journey. When you watch that Greatest Night in Pop, man, Steve Perry had a good head of feathered hair. Oh, yeah. Like that part right down the middle and yeah. just flared out. The guy could sing the phone book, though, and yeah. make it good. Like, he, he could really sing. He really, uh, he really was a talent, that's for sure. So uh, someone's off to see Journey and Def Leppard at the Rogers Center. We're doing this all day today. This is our little Valentine's Day gift to you. Who's going to that show? Uh, Bill Vadouris. Bill, lovely. Be singing along to all the hits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, and when they get to uh, the uh, South Detroit What's the name of that? Don't tune? stop believing. Oh, I, I would, I would melt. I would be, I would be in tears. I need him to play it three times. Oh yeah. Yeah. Start off. Yeah. Somewhere in the intermission. I, uh, I had not heard that song for a very long time. From, I mean, it was, you know, hit, massive hit, of course, I guess in the eighties is when it came out. And then it disappeared like so many songs do. And then when I got down to Southwestern Ontario, I heard it six times a day. I mean, they would, they would sing it as the school, you know, instead of the national anthem, all right. the kids had to get up and sing, don't stop, stop believing. It would be in, in, in church instead of hymns. It would be that. That would be interesting, actually. Yeah. Oh, just, they just love it. Anyhow, there you go. We've got uh, more tickets. Uh, Journey Heart and Def Leppard, your that, favorite, too. I love the Leopard. Listen, don't It's my me. favorite joke of yours. <laughs> <laughs> what is nine arms and sex? <laughs> Every time. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah. Pour some sugar on me. Hand the diabetes over. Yeah, no. And listen, they had their... I was never a, a big fan, but uh, they've certainly done all right. So right. what the hell do I know? Well, I was a drummer and amazed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was very impressive. I watched Rocket and go, what the hell? How? Yeah. Well, and very loyal. Yes. You know, I mean, look, Guns N' Roses booted uh, Stephen Adler out because of his drug addiction. Yeah, well, this Pearl Jam has been through like seven drummers. Yeah, this guy loses a limb, and they keep him. <laughs> they wait for him. To That's be. loyal. <laughs> Just hang on. Yeah. <laughs> you learn to play with my feet. Like, yeah. all right, we'll give you a minute. I'm going to grow up back. Anyhow, yeah, no. And then didn't he get beaten up recently? He yeah, had, like, a couple a few years ago, yeah. In L.A. or something. Yeah. <gasps> Who beats up a one-armed man? Well, the fugitive. Have you seen that? Oh, right. Well, not as many times as you. Uh, this is an interesting Hollywood fun fact. Brian Cranston was once wanted for murder. What? Back in the 70s, he and his brother decided to drive across the country on their motorcycles, and at one point they ran out of cash in Florida, so they took jobs working in a restaurant. There was a cook at the place that everybody hated, and so they used to joke about how they would kill him without anybody finding out. After a few weeks at the restaurant, the Cranston boys had enough money to take off. And they left. But shortly thereafter, this chef turned up dead. It sounds like Brian Cranston, you could do a documentary on his life. of just like the most interesting man in the world. He's, yeah, first of all, he's an amazing actor. I mean, you know, you just see the difference between Malcolm in the Middle and uh, Breaking Bad. He's just, he can do it all. Comedy. Tim Watley from Seinfeld. Yeah, right. Dentist. Yeah. And then there wasn't a serious role he played where he was a, was he a doctor or some profession? He ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah, with Kevin Hart. Yeah. And I think that was a pretty serious film, wasn't it? Uh, I comedy, remember. I think. It was was a it a comedy? A, yeah. Yeah. No, he, he can, he can do it all. Anyhow, so, uh, cops were interviewing people about this dead chef. And then I guess the Cranston boys, their name came up a couple of times. And so the cops put out an APB for them. 
But uh, by the time uh, they didn't even know about it, and uh, they ended up uh, catching the guy, the real killer, before the police could even catch up with the Cranston boys. So they wow. didn't even know this had happened. Yeah, he talks about that in his in his uh, biography. I read that. It's it's a it's a good read. Kate Hudson claims uh, in Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, she's one of the kids singing in the choir at the beginning, and she would have been about thirteen. And on her podcast, she says, I still get residuals from that. I get 10 cents every once in a while. <laughs> Come on. And I get, well, I don't know how it works with residuals. Yeah. She would have been a bit player, so I guess your scale would have been less. I guess. Would she, would she be an actual? I guess she's not an extra at that point. Do extras get, they don't get residuals. I, no, I don't think extras do, but if you actually, she was singing. Yeah. So I guess if you actually speak or sing, you yeah. got a part, you know. Okay. And even though old Joey Lawrence was on this podcast with her, and he said of all the commercials he did when he was a kid, he still gets uh, like two cents here and there. So Come on. He must make a little more because he starred in some commercials. Yeah, but, but maybe. And again, I don't know. Uh, I, I've never had a residual check. <laughs> That's true. But maybe like it, again, it scales maybe where you, you get a lot at the beginning and as time peters out, it's less yeah. and less. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I guess. I, I, and. I would think that if it was still getting paid for it, then it was still being used, right? Again, I don't know. Or just as long as the company survives, you still get residuals for that? Yeah, I bet, I bet every situation is uh, is different. I don't know. Yeah. Our, our agents have never negotiated <laughs> that. No. Well, here's the thing. We have to land a job first. <laughs> then we'll talk residuals. Um, Robert Plant isn't sure he'll ever perform Stairway to Heaven again. He did it last year. Uh, it was the first time he'd done it in 16 years. He was at a uh, cancer charity event. And he said, you know, it was cathartic and it was trial by fire and he felt better at the end than at the beginning. He says, but I, I don't think I'm ever singing it again. He says, first of all, it's a long song and who the hell can remember all those words? <laughs> and I, and I applaud Robert Plant. I don't know, the guy who wrote it? <laughs> I applaud him though because he's very honest. You know, he looks in the mirror, he sees who he is, he knows where he's at age wise. He's not out there doing Zeppelin reunions. He just says, I cannot do it anymore. I'm not 27. Right. I can't hit those high notes like I once did. And he doesn't want to rip people off. Yeah, he's, I guess he's just comfortable doing this thing with Alison Krauss. They're going to mm. turn that again, tour that again. Yep. yep. I yesterday that Neil Young and Crazy Horse are going to tour. Which, <sighs> like, <laughs> that horse is like, my God, put me just, put me to pasture. When you're finally ready to tell your boss to shove it, you really want them to regret what a jerk they were to you. And uh, one in eight people have strategically timed their resignation to cause maximum disruption. Right. It's, it's kind of like the breakup thing. Yes. You're going to regret this. I was your greatest love. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anyhow, so... For example, like your your boss really needs you on this big sales meeting next uh, Thursday, so you wait till Wednesday to quit. Gotcha. This type of thing. Yeah, just uh, give it to the man. One last little yeah. screw you. Oh, this place is going to fold without me. No, it won't. Well, I was going to say, that's one of the rules. Never go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never go back. Yeah, that, or never uh, threaten to quit and don't leave. Well, yeah, no, then they've got you. 
Yeah. But, uh, but it, it, I mean, like, even go back to visit. Like, a lot of people do that for oh, some really? reason. You know, they'll just show back up every now and then. And uh, I've seen it around here. I've hmm. seen it in other places. They're, like, listen, if you work at some businesses, you can't help but go to because you either need it or you like it. Mm. Uh, and you just go as a, as a customer. But sometimes you get people to kind of back in. And I think they're nudging for the, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, nah, no, nah, things are better without you here. I mean, if you, you quit out of anger, you quit because you're, uh, fed up with the place yeah why would you ever show uh your face around again i i've been back to other stations i've worked at because i've either quit just because of another offer mm-hmm. and everything's been hey best of luck like it's all been on good terms yeah. or i've also gone out and had drinks with ex-co-workers and that t- yeah but to go back to somewhere that you stormed out of right that makes no sense unless you're pulling the Costanza slash Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did that happen? <laughs> the most common way we quit, of course, is in person. But after that, it's over email. Some have even ghosted a boss. No communication, <laughs> just gone. <laughs> Others have quit via text. And more than half of us have wanted to yell or tell our boss off while quitting, but held back. Right. We all have, and it's not just with employers, it's with family and spouses, friends, we have this uh, internal conversation with ourselves. Mm. Things we'd really like to say. Uh-huh. You know, it's like online with all the Trudeau bashing or hatred of Trump or hatred of Biden or hatred of Pierre Pauly. You know, you meet these people in person, you'll never have the cojones to say what you really want to say. <laughs> and as much as we want to tell our boss off, it's, it's, you gotta really, I mean, it has to maybe happen because an argument, like if something blows up between the two of you. Right. And you get into it. Yeah. But just to storm into their office and say, and well, I'm telling you, and you're the worst, and here is why. Yeah. We, we well, don't. and that's why so many times now, the online conversation, the trolling, mm. is really just that internal conversation in your head that really shouldn't be getting out there. Mm-hmm. And, but people feel the anonymity of it yeah. online because they, you know, their address is Joe Blow one two three four. That they could just say whatever the hell they want to say. But it really, you really need to give your head a shake. Well, and, and I will just make this suggestion to anybody, and this is is true across all careers, because the way the world is changing and shifting, things are shrinking. There's not as many jobs in all sorts of different occupations. And radio has seen a lot of job cuts, and Bell Media has just gone through another big firing of like 4,500 or 5,000 people. And I see a lot of young people in this industry and others who are just going off on Bell online. Right. You know what? You might now. Is Bell hiring in radio? No. <laughs> but somebody that works for Rogers or somebody that works for a mom and pop radio organization or somebody owns a few radio stations, when they see you cursing Bell out, right. remember, they might want to hire you or think about hiring you one day, and they won't because they're going to fear you're going to treat them the same way. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember in the end, as, as big as the planet seems to be, it is a small world. Yeah. And in, in many cases, there's very small industries. Mm. And I continually shocked when you realize who knows who mm-hmm. and, uh, and who's good friends with who. And you gotta, you really sometimes have to catch yourself when you're bad mouthing someone. Yep. Think, oh, is this gonna get back or is there a repercussion if it does? 
you know, many want to walk through the world and say it doesn't really matter. Mm. Uh, I, I don't care. But your bottom line might at some point. Well, and two, there's just the the fake anger, you know. I hate Bell so much, and I feel so horrible for all those people. You would have stabbed one of those dudes in the back <laughs> to get their job a week ago. <laughs> it's time for our pally out there in Etobicoke, godfather of the grill for Wild Fork and Whippy. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. Happy Valentine's Day. Let's have a big group Happy hug. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. Big, big group hug. <laughs> I don't like big where you got your hands. everybody out there. Yeah. Big, old, big old circle jerk. It'd be lovely. Everybody in. Uh, with it being Valentine's Day, Ted, I was uh, trying to think of, outside of, like, steak, which is always a go-to, and you can be a sexy cook in doing that, but I thought lobster would be a, a, a great Valentine's dinner, and I just decided to hop online and look up some of the different ways you can do lobster. And there's a ton, like stewing it or boiling it, putting a mac and cheese, a dip. You can butter poach lobster. You can biscuit up. You can do frites. You can do a lobster BLT. Mm. You, you can make a soup. Lobster you, roll. Yeah, lobster roll. You can do a, a, you can jerk a lobster. Pardon? Yes. You can jerk a lobster. <laughs> unless, unless the lobster says no, you know. Watch the claws, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ted, if you were going to whip up some lobster for this Valentine's Day for your uh, for your lovely bride, how would you put together a lobster? I'm I'm a, I'm a kind of a simple guy when it comes to lobster. I like to steam it, okay, and that's about it mm. because it's so rich and delicious and sweet meat that you don't want to mask all that flavor even with the with the butter i don't mind dipping it in a little bit of butter but i really just enjoy that flavor of the lobster because we don't have it that often it's expensive Mm -hmm. and uh you know you don't want to overcook it that's for sure because then it becomes really rubbery and if you're going to buy fresh lobster my tip is look for lobsters that are about one and a half pounds uh, to two pounds. Don't go for really, really, really big ones. The meat tends to be a little bit tougher. Right. I, I think a lot of people fear lobster in the sense that they don't cook it or prepare it. They might get it at a restaurant every mm. now and then or a lobster tail on the side. But when you buy whole lobster, you're afraid, all right, am I getting, you know, the tamale? Are you going to get uh, a female that's laden with eggs? And there's, it, it can be a, a bit of a, a frightening experience. Well, I, I prefer the, the female lobsters with all the, the roe on the inside. It has a great amount of flavor, and the roe is delicious as well. So the, the female lobsters, to me, are sweeter meat than the male lobsters. Um, if you're going to boil the lobster in a big pot of water, you got to put a lot of sea salt in there. Mm. Make the water salty like the ocean, hmm. and that, that lobster will pick up and, and give you that natural saltiness that you want to taste when you're eating a really fresh lobster. Now, is it, is, it, uh, is it still true that you're supposed to boil them alive, that that's the way you have to cook them? You don't have to cook them that way. No. You, you don't have to cook them through the head, way. right? Stab them through you the can head. Stab them through the head. Can I yeah. buy mince that lobster? <laughs> can I buy some in a tin? Yes. <laughs> I'm not stabbing anything in the head. My gosh, that's not romantic and sexy on on Valentine's Day. <laughs> We're not making love to the lobster. All of a sudden, you're turning into Joe Passion. <laughs> so why is it though that they have to be boiled alive if if you are doing it that way? 
Well, uh, lobsters, uh, you, you never want to eat a lobster that's dead, so unless it's oh. been frozen. So okay. if you're buying fresh live lobster, you want to have it be alive. That's the important part. Um, yes, some people uh, find that it's cruel that you put a lobster into boiling water. I can tell you this, that in Europe, in, in certain countries in Europe, Germany I know for sure, it is against the law hmm. to boil a live lobster. And so they want you to take the knife and run it through the head of the lobster and just straight down through, push it through, and it'll kill the lobster, and then you can boil it. And that is the preferred way in Europe of doing it. Um, it, it takes away that cruelty. I don't know which way. You know what's worth being dropped in a pot of boiling water or getting a knife through the head. But it is sweet and tender and delicious meat. So, you know, you do what you got to do. No, I like Jim Gaffigan's bit about it. You put, God put this thing in a hard shell at the bottom of the ocean and we'll still go down and get it. That's it. And there, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's... Uh, Oh, man, I love lobster. Mm. There's, I, I can tell you a little story. A few years back, I was out in uh, Nova, Nova Scotia. I was visiting my best friend, Wendy, and we were in Harborville, my wife and Wendy and myself, and we went down to this little fish shop, which, uh, by the way, when the tide comes in right now today, that fish shop has about two feet of water inside it. Huh. Wow. I uh, was looking online at it the other day, but the the lobster, we, we got fresh lobsters out of there, and we had uh, rented a little Airbnb, and we cooked them up. We did lobster in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, we cut them in, in half, and we did a Thermidor style. I made a, a, a little bit of a cream sauce and added some onion and a bit of roasted garlic to it, and uh, and then finished it off with a little bit of Mornay uh, cheese, uh, Swiss cheese on top. Mm. And it was it was delicious. You can do my favorite way to eat lobster though, is lobster rolls. I love yes. a good lobster roll sandwich, right? Little mayonnaise, little celery, little onion, some fresh dill, mix it all together, squeeze a lemon juice, salt and pepper, and uh, put that in a tender toasted bun, and you got a beautiful sandwich. Done and done. And I can get done that lobster done. out of the can, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you, you can get you can buy frozen lobster tails, you can buy frozen claws, you can buy fully cooked lobster, you can find it out of the shell in a tin or in a, in a vacuum packed package in, in a freezer section of your grocery store. And so there's lots of different ways. The best way where you're going to get the, the best flavor is a live, fresh lobster. Perfect. Well, and so hit the grocery store if they've got a lobster tank in there. Uh, if not, head on over to, uh, you know, look in the freezer section, find your lobster and have some fun. Then. You know, it would be just my luck. delicious. Just my luck. I'd take the uh, live lobster home. I'd go to stab it in the head. It would grab the knife off of me and stab <laughs> me in the head. All right, Teddy, if people want to talk to you about lobster or any sexy grilling or cooking for this Valentine's Day, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me at Ted Grills, but I have that visual in my head all day, a lobster stabbing Craig Venn. I'm going to keep that all day long. The lobster would put me in the pot. All right. <laughs> have a good one and have a lovely Valentine's Day, Mr. Dorita. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Cheers. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.